0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, Today's message, definitely from, not that they normally are not, but definitely from the Lord. Uh, Last year, towards the end of the year, the Lord really showed me something that I think is phenomenal, and I can't wait to show and speak and share, and it's just, no, not yet. So... On the 1st, when Pastor Doug was sick and I ministered, I thought I could bring it then. And the Holy Spirit was, no, not yet. So today I was going to bring it, and not yet. So, (laughs) So God being the most purposeful being that exists, there's a reason he wanted this specific word today to go out. So there are people in here today that need this specific message. So God has directed the whole message to this today. And it's basically dealing with what we did the very first week about. It's got a lot to do with our identity. So 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. We've been looking at this verse. I often speak about it. We can probably quote it. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Now in the natural mind, that verse is just impossible. If you think with your natural mind that God can make all grace abound so that you always have all sufficiency in all things, it's just with the natural mind, you can't grasp it. You have to grasp that with a spirit because it's too big, it's too great, it's too impossible for the natural mind to grab that. But I like doing this because somebody did it with me once and it just makes so much sense now how I have grown from the first time the person asked me this question. And the person said, and you can ask anyone in a church or a prayer group or a, a setting where they're a bunch of believers and you can ask Is God able? What do people say? Most certainly. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, God is able. God is God. He can do what he wants. God, yeah, he's able. That's no. Do you really believe that? Yes. No. Hallelujah. Yes. God is able. Uh, I. No issue. No doubt. No. That's true. One hundred percent. It's right. Okay. Is God able to make all grace abound? Oh, yes, hallelujah, God can do that. He's able. He can make all grace abound. Most certainly it's God. He can do whatever he wants. God is so amazing. God is so good. Yes, no problem believing that. Do you believe that this able God can make all grace abound? Now comes a question to you. And this is where a lot of people ah, yes, God is able. I have no, believe, uh, no problem. He can heal, He can prosper, he can he can do He can do you believe that He wants to do it for you? And now we don't shout. Now we don't now it's not the oh yes, I yeah. Hallelujah God is uh, well you don't know what I did last week. You don't know the thoughts that I've been having. You don't know. So why would God want to? Why is God able? Yes, he's able. Yes, he can make all grace, but to you. And that's where I almost swallowed my teeth when the person said to me, well, if you can't believe that he's able to make all the grace abound toward you, and now you take it a step further, he wants to do it for you. Then there's a problem. Because you've got this able God who's got all this grace, but you're not receiving it. There's a problem. Because we do not doubt that he's able. He can part the Red Sea. He can make rivers in the desert. He can bring the dead to life. He can open blind eyes. He can make the mute speak. No doubt that God is able to do that. But will he and does he want to do it for you? That's where the issue comes in. So we have to look at this now. So in Mark chapter 1, in verse 40, it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. First chapter of the book of Mark. Here comes a leper. And what does the leper say? What does he prove? What does he show about himself? How many years? This is about roughly 2,000 years ago. And people 2,000 years ago had the same issue as people today in 2018. Because he comes to Jesus and he says, I know. You are able. You can make me whole. No doubt. I. There is no doubt in my mind that you are God. You made heaven and earth. You can do it. Just speak the word. It will happen. But will you do it for me? 2,000 years, the enemy has people, man, thinking exactly the same. Yes, God is able. But does he want to do it for me? God can make all grace abound. Does he want to do it for me? Maybe the person next to me, maybe the guy in the row behind me, maybe the pastor, maybe the elder, the prophet. But for me, and look at this, this is so amazing. If you read different translations, they're completely different ways that Jesus said this. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, man, my boy, if you only know, it was just me. But Jesus is like, of course I am willing. Of course I am. Jesus had not gone to the cross yet. Sin had not been paid for. Holy Spirit was not yet sent. This guy was a sinner, not yet saved by grace as we are. And Jesus looked at him and Jesus says, man, I'm so willing. Why would we today on the backside of the cross? Filled with Holy Spirit, regenerated hearts, newness of life, the mind of Christ, the hands and voice of God. Why would we ask, I know you can, but are you willing to do it for me? Identity. I'm just going to throw this in here for free. This is not today's lesson, but just get this quickly because I don't know when I'm going to have another opportunity to say this. Just catch this. Catch the power of this. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. How many people are asking for God to touch them? What happened when Jesus touched him? Catch this. Zero. Nothing. And people are asking, touch me, touch me. I need a touch from God. Touch me. We need a touch. Let the Holy Spirit touch, touch, touch. When Jesus himself touched this man, nothing happened. And then he said. And as soon as he said, as soon as he spoke, energy, life, healing, Power, creative miracles, out of his mouth came, bam, he was immediately healed. Yet he had already touched him, the hand of Jesus Christ, God touched him and nothing happened. Don't look for a touch, get a word. Get a word, this is full of word, this is full of energy and life and healing and anointing, prosperity, peace, family, whatever you're looking for, stop asking for God to touch you. And get his word. What does he say about the situation? Because as soon as as he spoke, he was healed. That's just a little part in there. I'm going now. If you take this to Genesis 1, God didn't come down and touch and make mountains. He didn't touch and make. He spoke and he saw. He spoke and he saw. What are you speaking? What are you saying? What energy are you letting flow from your mouth? What are you speaking into this atmosphere? Because God spoke and he saw you made in his image. When you speak, you should see. If you don't like what you're seeing, change your words because you speak like God and you see. Okay, got to move on. I'll stay there the whole time. Okay, now in this verse. God is able. What does able mean? We're going to break down this verse because we can quote it. I mean, even myself, this is a couple of weeks ago. I'm sitting quoting this verse just, and Holy Spirit said, what, what, what is able? What does it mean? What does it mean when it says, I'm able? God is able, okay, to do everything. Basically means to have the ability to do or perform a certain thing. But not necessarily that it is promised that that thing will be performed. God is able. Yeah, he has the power. He has the ability. But he's not promising that he's going to do it. But he's able. He can. So in your life, what is he able to do but you don't see it in your life? Not because he can't do it, but because it hasn't happened yet. So we could also be able to say the one who does something can promise that same thing also because he's able to do it. Tiffany and I have a son, six years old, Nathan. We are able, very able to buy him a bicycle for Christmas. We are able. We can do that. That doesn't mean he necessarily gets a bicycle for Christmas, yet we are able We can do it, but it doesn't promise the fact that because we are able to do it, he's going to get a bicycle for Christmas. But we can. So today what Holy Spirit wants to do is we're going to look at two reasons why God is able to make all grace abound, but why sometimes we do not receive all grace. Because he's able, he can do it. No issue with that. We all believe it. that's yes. So why are you not receiving it? We're just going to look at two two examples or two issues today. One of them would be um, not knowing your identity. If you don't know your identity, you can't receive every amazing thing that he has for you. So I know you can heal me, but. Will you do it for me? Your identity, because now you are in Christ. You are the workmanship of his hands. Beloved son in whom he is well pleased. You you don't, when you go to pray, ask. If it be your will, please will. No, that's identity. It's wrong. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the stripes. Thank you for the blood. I receive your healing because you want me well. If our identity is not right, And we don't know who we are in him. Things are not going to work. Who are you? Remember the first week? Who are you? Who are you in him? When Nathan comes to us, he has no problem knowing who his mommy and his daddy is. And he can ask for anything. And he's not shy about man going all the way, all out. (laughs) All out. The whole morning this morning, he wants a pet. riding from our house to here and we say my boy as soon as you leave the house and you live on your own you can have all the pets you want I mean it's that simple yeah you can have just leave the house last week I was riding home and I see this guy walking there by the monument and I look and he's got a huge beard and I'm looking who's that and this guy's got a dog it's pastor the autumn. by the monument. What you got in his hand? Little plastic bag. <laughs> now, Nathan, do you know what people walk around with those plastic bags for? <laughs> it's freezing cold. It's ice and snow and rain and sleet. And, and who's going to do that? Are you going to do that? Oh, no, I'll just do it in the summer. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's backtrack. PeT is 24 /7, 365, rain, sun,. Blah, 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 blah. So he just asks, he doesn't care, because his identity is, I'm a son of my mommy and daddy. I can go to them, speak to them about anything. We are able, we are well able, to get him a dog, but believe you me, that's not happening. <laughs> Even though we can. Not happening in our house. Nothing against dogs or, you know, pet lovers. Animals are great. (laughs) The second one is, are we in the position that he told us to be for us to receive what he wants to give us? Are you in the place, the position, the call, the destiny, the purpose that he has ordained for you? To receive all the grace to fulfill that work. Or are you in another place looking for another kind of grace that he says that grace is not for you. I can't give that to you because I have this grace available for you over here. And you looking at something else trying to be a different body part doing a different ministry. And there's no grace for that because you weren't called to do that. So he's able to make all grace abound. But because you're in the wrong place, your grace is abounding here. This position. This is where all the grace just falls. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Workmanship created unto good works. So for your good work, there's grace. There's grace. There's grace. But you over here looking for grace, looking for the God who's able. And he says, I am able. I want to do it. But you've got to come into your position In order to receive the grace that I have for you. How many of us are not walking in our call and our purpose? And it's a graceless position. And the gracelessness makes life hard. Okay. We're going to look at this verse now. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And we're going to break it down. The word able. God is able. In the Strong's Concordance. G1, 4, 1, 5. Dunatas, it means to be powerful, to be mighty, to be strong, to be mighty in wealth and influence, to be strong in soul, to bear calamities and trials with fortitude and patience. This is talking about God. This is him. Who always has... The measure to be excelling in something. Having power for something. That's God. God is able. God's soul is not out of whack when we get out of whack. He's patient. He has the power to make whatever needs to be imparted to you be done and brought to you. He's able to do that. All of these words, He's powerful. He's mighty, he's strong, he's able. In Mark 9:23, lovely part of scripture. They go up to the Mount of Transfiguration, they come down, and the little boy has the issue, and the disciples pray and they try and heal, and it doesn't happen. And Jesus says, Bring him to me. Jesus heals him. And Jesus, then the famous 9.23 says, If you can believe all things are possible possible to him that believes. You know what that word possible is? Able. Same word. So he has this boy fuming at the mouth. Disciples can't do anything. Jesus says, bring him to me because I am able. Once again, before the cross, we don't know why it was like that. Jesus talks about you perverse generation, says to the father, father says, man, I don't have belief, help my unbelief. Jesus is, I'm willing, bring him to me, because I am able. He never changes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was willing and able to heal the leper in Mark 1, in Mark nine isn't he still willing and able to do it today on the backside of the cross, now that you are his body? Yes, absolutely. So He's able. Abound. God is able to abound. Make it abound. G4052. Berisuo. It means to exceed a fixed number of measure. So to go about. To go way over. Way over what is necessary. Way over. To exceed in number. To be left over and above a certain number of measure. In Matthew 15, where Jesus feeds the 4,000, what did they do when everyone had eaten? What did they do? Collected the fragments that were left. You know what that word left is? Abound. Exactly the same word. So, so much was necessary for everyone to eat. Do you reckon that? The Bible says that God knows each star and he calls them by name. He says that he, he, he numbers, not knows the amount, he numbers every hair on your head. Do you think that Jesus possibly knew that day how much food was necessary to feed everyone? Or did he just, his math was off? Or some of the people were on a diet and they said, we're not eating now. (laughs) Or did he know the exact amount that would be necessary for all of those people to eat and be full? He knew the exact number. Yet, he says, I am willing to give you in abundance. Because there's a certain number that needs to be met. But man, I just can't help it. Because my David, uh, my, David my servant David even found that out. And he said, I, I, I got a cup. And I bring the cup to you. And, and I, I ask you, no one else, to fill my cup. Will you fill my cup for me? And my goodness, he just starts pouring. And David says, oh, okay, that's enough. It's, it's getting full. It, 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 it's going high. You, you're going to spill. You're going to. And he just keeps pouring. And you're messing. Can't you see? That's enough. I don't need an. And my cup runneth over. Don't you think God knows how much it takes to fill a cup? Don't you think he can see that what he's putting in is now spilling over what we would call waste? What we will say, that's enough. Stop. What we will say, you don't need more. And he just pause, and pause, and pause, because he says, I am so willing and so able to make all grace abound more than you need. I know how much you need, but I, I want to. I want to give you more. Don't pull the cup away when you see it's getting full. He's not worried by what we call waste. He's not saying, okay, I'm going to hold as long as you keep. There's a lady in the old covenant who had jars of oil. And they put oil in there and they filled and they filled and they filled. Brought more, brought more, brought more. And he was just going on. There's no stop to him. Until the jars are empty and you stop asking for the overflow. Because he's able and willing and wants to make all grace overflow towards you. So that your good work would be an easy one to do. Then the word grace. G5485, we know that which affords joy. God is able to make all that is necessary to afford joy in your life. God is able to make everything that is necessary to bring joy to your life. He's willing. He's able. It also means delight. God is willing to make all the light overflow yeah. in your life. Not just a little bit. Not just we have, oh that's all oh, that was good, but it's good. No, no. It's just the light. The light. Delight yourself in the Lord. Because he delights himself in you. And he just wants you to be happy. He wants you to walk in joy. He wants you to have enough so that you can be a blessing. Delight. That's this word grace. God is able to make all delight, all joy. There's so much a sweetness, loveliness, favor. There's just so much in here that God wants to do through that one little verse. Last time, January 1st, I just spoke a little bit about Ruth. And I didn't finish because time was up. We'll just continue. Just one more little piece in here. And this is about identity. Boaz was rich, if you read the story. He had money. Boaz was able to make people rich. He was able, he had the ability to get people out of poverty so that where they were walking around the edges of the field, picking up the grains that were left over. He was rich. He owned the field. He had the ability to say, You don't have to walk around the edges picking up little pieces. How about I just give you a whole field for yourself? Or how about this is even better. I'll just have people pick and whenever you want, you just come and fill up as much as you need. Boaz, a type of Christ, was able. He was able. He had what was necessary to bring people out of poverty. So now, are you doing what God wants you to do? And do you know your identity so that you can receive the thing for which he is able to give you? So in the story now, he's able, man with influence and power. He was able to bless Naomi. He was able to bless uh, Ruth and make them rich. Ruth chapter 3, we'll just read five, 5 down to 8. And she said to her, this is now the mother-in-law saying to the daughter-in-law, She tells her what to do. And she says, All that you say to me, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself. And there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. Now for Ruth, if you read the first three chapters, she's never referred to as Ruth. She's the Moabites. She's the young lady. She's the daughter-in-law of Naomi. She's this and that and belongs to this and come from that and... But she's never Ruth. She doesn't have identity. Her identity is attached to others. Her identity is attached to where she comes from, her past. Her identity is attached to nothing that's going on in her life right now, personally for her. But who she's with, where she comes from, what happened previously to her. And people call her by this, and this is how she's introduced. But now Boaz, a type of Christ, he's startled. He turns, and he looks at this lady lying at his feet and says, Who are you? And for the very, very first time, she steps into her identity, and she says, I am Ruth, your maidservant. You have mercy and grace upon me. Continue the story. She wasn't gleaning little pieces of corn and wheat on the edge of the field anymore. She now became a owner, co-owner of the fields. No more gleaning because she stepped into her identity, number one. But another thing over here, what did she say to her mother-in-law? She said, all that you say to me, I will do. So when she went down to the fresh in floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. So she had the right identity And she was doing exactly what she needed to do by instruction that was given to her. And when she did those two things, life changed. And the man who was able to bring abundant grace to her appeared. And now that which he was able to bring flowed into her life. Not just for that night, but for her whole future. And... Generations to come. Isn't the Master, don't we read his generation that goes back to this book? Because one lady, a Moabite, a daughter in law, husband dead, all of these things, she knew her identity and she did exactly what she was told. Child of God, do you know your identity? And are you doing exactly? As he has commanded you. Because only then. Is he able. To make all grace. Abound toward you. That you. Having all sufficiency. For all things. May have an abundance. For every good work. But people are in the wrong place. In the wrong position. Where there's no grace available. And what is grace? The ability on your life to do what is impossible for you to do with ease so that what you do will create joy. That's grace. That's charis. And he's able to make all charis, all joy, all the oil of Holy Spirit just taking out every squeak, every little thing that's not working in your life. To make it run like a well-oiled machine. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. God is not just able. While we were yet sinners, God wasn't just able. You need no more proof to go bow down before him and ever have to ask, will you do it for me? Because he already proved that there should be no doubt, no argument, nothing about his willingness to do whatever you need, want, desire for you. Because while we were yet sinners, he was able to, but he didn't just leave it there. He said, okay, I'm going to prove to you so that you never, ever, ever in your life again have to have a little doubt in your mind that I'm not willing I will go to the cross to prove to you not just that I'm able, but that I'm willing and I want to do it for you. I chose by my free will to give myself for you so that you never have to doubt again. Who are you? So today... We're not going to do anything different than we did the first week of, of January. If your identity is not what it should be and there's something in your mind, we're going to do this over and over and over and over again until one day we wake up and we know, man, I am a child of God. These songs that I'm singing and jumping up and down for, that's not for someone else. That's for me. I am the one that he paid for. I am the one that is looking down right. He's thinking about me right now and every single thought is good. That is who I am. So what we're going to do is if you know that you're not in the right place, you're not doing what you are called to do, we're going to come forward. And it's not slamming the floor and banging your foot. It's a simple thing called repentance, which just means to change your mind. Man, thank you for this word today. This is wow. rifle wanted to preach something else. You wanted him to say this. Wow, this is, yeah, this, I need this because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to change it. Why? So that I can receive all grace in abundance for every good work. It's a good day. Not, uh, I'm not doing what it's like. Praise God. I'm not, now I know. Show me, let me do it. So if you are one that does not know your identity as you should. Or you are one that you're not walking in, you know that's a perfect will of God for you right now. Come to the front, we want to pray, please. Come to the front if that's you. We want to pray. We want, we're going to get this. We're going to work. We're going to get it. We're going to understand. We're going to see the grace in our lives. It's not going to be a verse that we just quote. We're going to walk it out in our lives. We're going to do it. He wants to pour it out so much more on us and we want to receive it. He's made it available. He wants us to have it. So, Father, we just come now as your body, sons and daughters. Seth was singing, we are sons and daughters of God. There's no striving in your love because you are able and you are willing and you want to make all grace abound toward us so that we, Lord, will walk in your grace so that that which we cannot do will be easy because of your anointing upon us and it will be joyful. So show us in Jesus' name, show us where you want us to be right now. What the call upon our life is that we would walk in that so that just like we read today, everything you have said to me, I have done, that I can do that. And because I'm obedient, Lord, that grace, that abundance will flow freely into my life. And I will see the anointing and the grace of God operating in me. So we just come now, Lord. That is our cry. That is our prayer. That is our heart's desire. Is to know who we are in you. What you say about us. What you think of us, Lord. What your thoughts toward us are. And that we would know that we are walking in the destiny and purpose for what you have created us. Thank you that you reveal. Holy Spirit, your word says that when you come, you will even show us things to come. So we receive your dreams. We receive your visions. We receive insights, your ideas, your wisdom for us as we have the mind of Christ. We just thank you, Lord, for grace that is abounding toward us you the only one who is able to make all grace abound toward us. And we just receive that, Lord. We receive it. We open our lives to you and we say, yes, 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 I receive it. I know that you are willing. I know that you want to. And I receive have our prayer ministers here as well guys if you can come to the front. If you need prayer you want somebody to pray with you. You need to take this a step further. You want someone to stand with you and believe with you. Just ask one of our prayer ministers. They will agree. They will stand with you. They will pray with you. They will pray for you. Just come to the front receive prayer if you need. For the rest, God bless. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. will be to the right prophetic team. Because you are breaking the chains, you're breaking the chains, you're breaking the chains that have held me. You are breaking the chains, you're breaking the chains that have held me. You have broken the chains, you've broken the chains that have held me. For so long